This is a Podfire production. This podcast may have explicit themes and swearing and may not be suitable for children. The world is full of amazing people and once a week I get the opportunity to interview one of them. My name is Brett McCallum and this is Awesome Humans. This week's Awesome Human is Chris Feeney. It's a crazy story how a young bloke brought up by Irish parents and into the family business changed his life and moved into the entertainment world. The ups and downs in life and the amazing ability to become the missing link. Welcome to Awesome Humans, Chris Feeney. G'day guys and welcome back to Awesome Humans for Series 3. We've got some great topics coming up over the next couple of months and uh, we're kicking it off with one of the boys down from Melbourne, or up from Melbourne actually, we're here on the Gold Coast, and he's a sports fanatic, he's an events master, and he's one of my partners in the Josh Giddy stuff that we're doing, and uh, I want to welcome him all. Good day, Chris Feeney, how are you? Righto, good mate, how are you buddy? Thanks for having me on. No worries, thanks very much, but as I said to you before, this is the Awesome Humans podcast, we talk about you, it's all about you. I always throw bits and pieces of me in there, of course, but uh, it's all about you, mate. So where I like to start this, what's your first ever memory? How far back can you go? What's my first ever memory? Yeah. Jeez, I reckon the side's coming out of the hole there. Uh, Did you remember that? No. Saw the light? <laughs> <laughs> what is my first ever memory? That's a great question. Thanks very um, much. That's what I'm here for, mate. Uh, first ever memory is probably uh, going to primary school. So what, are you about five years old? I was four, actually. Yeah, folks couldn't wait to get me out of the house. So four <laughs> years old, I was I was in primary school, mate, in, in uh, prep. And what do you, what school was that at? Holy Trinity Primary School, Alpha North, a bit of a shout-out. Uh, where's uh, where's that? That's in uh, the northern suburbs of Melbourne. Oh, there you go. So you're a Victorian. I am a Victorian. Proud mate. Victorian? Oh, I certainly am. Is there any other way? Oh, mate, I'm a, I'm a proud New South Welshman living in Queensland. So there is another way. I think it's grouse, <laughs> being a Victorian, mate. Being grouse. Oh, <laughs> shit, we're throwing it in early. There we go. Um, mate, tell me the best ever Chris Feeney story. The best ever Chris Feeney story. What's the go-to? What's the story, you know, you're in the oh. pub and you haven't met some blokes or whatever. Or you, you think, what's the best one? Well, besides the sporting achievements, I think it would definitely be uh, going from a 15, year, 15 years as a carpenter. Yeah. And then I became the manager of the Forum Theatre, live music venue down in Melbourne. Okay. So that's probably the most crazy thing that's happened to me in, in the sense of just my life changing. Is it really? Yeah. There's a story I got told. Here we go. <laughs> that uh, is a little bit better than that. What do we got? It involves a, a basketball player. Right. One of the best. God rest his soul. And, uh, in, and oh. his security guard. Yes, yes. Tell me that story. No, you're right. I forgot that I've hung out with you a couple of times now. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard some I've of them. I've told you a few stories. Well, that goes back to, yeah, how, and that's probably how I got the job at the forum. And um, working with the, the boys, the hour group, they brought out the great, late Kobe Bryant. Yep. Um, I was actually lining up to get a photo with him. And I got a tap on the shoulder from um, one of the girls. And they said to me, you work with the Mariner group. Kobe would like to go see Harry Potter. Can you make that happen? So, <laughs> Just a random so, tap on the shoulder. Well, I, I knew a couple of the guys. They, yeah. they knew each other and stuff. But um, uh, I said yes. Of course I said yes without even asking. Didn't know that Harry Potter was actually sold out for okay. six months. So there was no tickets there. Yeah, I didn't find this out till I walked in the office the next morning and Fair said, call. hey, guys, I need two tickets for uh, Kobe Bryant. <laughs> this being theatre people didn't really know who Kobe Bryant was and weren't too keen on helping me out. So I had to take it upstairs to the boss and said, look, I've got myself into a bit of a jam here. I think it could work for both our companies, for Kobe and, and us as well. So after <laughs> about an hour of negotiating with everyone who had tickets to the show, an old lady had said to me, I got onto her on the phone and said, can I get the two tickets off you and get them back to you at another time? She didn't have a clue who Kobe was and said, I hope your friend Kobe enjoys the show. Oh, so, I love that. <laughs> so we got to go to the show and John Stern, a bit of a shout out to John, I know he'll be listening, up in LA, he's the head of the Lakers security. Uh-huh. So he was actually there with us. He didn't come and see the show, but we got, we got about 15, 20 minutes in the back room with just the three of us just chopping it up and talking about our children and some NBA stuff. And I tried not to be the fanboy, but... You had to be. Kobe Bryant. Man, it's Kobe, Kobe Bryant. Bryant. I'm sitting in a room with him. <laughs> so I had to ask him about a few things. And um, no, he was, I mean, he, he blew me away. And and then he actually asked, "Could would it be okay if the uh, cast from Harry Potter, if he could meet them? <laughs> Which 
few of the cast. Okay, already, then. Well, they had seen Kobe in the crowd and just shit themselves. Like, yeah, of course. Kobe Bryant in the crowd <laughs> in Melbourne watching our show. So, uh, yeah, we've got that done. We After the show, they came up and Kobe was actually writing his wizards or wizards i think he was writing a book about basketball and wizards together so it was, it was fairly similar. oh wow yeah there's it's a four or five part series i think my son's got a couple of the uh, a couple of the books wow so he was doing he was working as as we, we learned to know that he's working on everything anything he, he never does, stopped he, though he did he never he? stopped mate yeah so and he was the most kind polite um e- anything you could ask for in a superstar this man was like he uh he signed, a bit like Josh, he yeah. signed every autograph, he took every photo, really? even when he doesn't have to. He was coming to see a show incognito as, as Kobe could be. We ushered him. Ushered <laughs> oh, was him he? Out. Six, eight? Yeah, six. A six, big six, eight black six, guy eight, walking into a theatre in Melbourne. In a Nike tracksuit too, <laughs> matching Nike tracksuit, which most of us can't pull off. Didn't, <laughs> uh, didn't stick out like a sore thumb at all. No, no. So, <clears throat> and... Um, no, it wasn't just that. We we actually stayed in touch between through John, his security guard, um, uh, and we went over to LA. We were actually in LA the day he passed. When oh, really? It was Australia Day. Yep. I was with uh, Eddie Maguire, Hamish, Andy, uh, Grant Smiley's. Name dropping. Yeah, Love it. I'll just pick one or two <laughs> pick of Pick one of them up. off the floor. But it was. It was. Um, That's, it's freaky, isn't it, some of this uh, stuff? Mate, it was Grant. And the fact that it was Australia Day, like, and we had. We had teed up to catch up with him, and we were going to the game, Lakers Clippers, on that Wednesday that, that got cancelled in the end. Wow. So it, we were on the Pretty biggest sad day. We were on the biggest high ever. I took my cousin along with me on the biggest high ever, and then we just got floored that day. So we, it was ten in the morning. I was having my first beer, and one of the waiters said, "Oh, did you hear about Kobe?" I'm thinking, "What are you talking about? Like, how do you know I know Kobe? Something to do with the game, or <laughs> yeah. like I'm in a couple of days? How do you know we're going to go watch the yeah. game with him? That's pretty cool." And she said, "No, no, no." He's, Passed in the helicopter accident, so that just changed the whole the whole trip. Oh, 100%. The whole trip. We actually, I'm going to name drop again. Uh, <laughs> we went to go see Shaquille O'Neal. He yep. was doing his Shaka Palooza party, and mm-hmm. the great boys at the Hour Group, they were um, they're actually bringing him out this year. It was happening in 2020 that I was invested in, but unfortunately, because of the uh, COVID, the COVIDs, um, I had to pull that, but. Uh, no, we we went over there to uh, to meet Shaq, and and that turned into a, what was a, originally a free event, turned into a fundraiser for Kobe. So, and Kobe's family, but because um, they need the funds, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking hang on, bro. <laughs> How's that work? Hang on, bro. I'm going to chip in for this. Um, and that was the most saddest thing I've ever been to. It was like kind of like a. Um, tribute to Kobe, but mm-hmm. everyone crying. Everyone was bawling their eyes out at this Shakapalooza party. So there's. Puff Daddy, there's Shaq, they're all up on stage doing their thing. and Everyone's balling. But oddly enough, eerily enough, it just pissed rain the whole time. The joint flooded. We are all rocking around in our Jordans trying to not get them <laughs> wet. And it was just a really eerie fear, feeling from um, from that point on, yeah. So it was uh, it was interesting, mate. It was an interesting time. Mate, the fact you got to spend some time with the great man, and obviously a lot of people will never have that opportunity anymore, is pretty special anyway. So yeah. it's... Uh, that's pretty cool. I love that story. It's crazy, mate. It's crazy. And I, I was a big MJ fan, so Kobe. T- I thought Kobe was a bit of an MJ tryhard. But then, uh, then I'm with I, you. I'm here now. Well, I'm on. I'm on Team MJ. I think he's, there's no there's no debate, <laughs> mate. Six and zero. Yeah, exactly. Stick that LeBron. Exactly. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> Let's get the digs in early. Mate, I'm telling him over this guy. But anyways, <laughs> that's a story for another day. So let's go back to the early days. Okay, so you're in primary school. Good kid, bad kid, jock, nerd. Uh, I was definitely a jock, and if I wasn't a jock, I would have been a bad student. Okay, but, uh, so sport helped you in that way? Definitely helped me. I was, again, when I started young, so um, I I didn't understand school. Like, yep. now having children, I can, you know, and it's not a slide against my folks, but I was two of five children, and we were all born within a seven-year span, so it was both Irish, my parents, so... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it was kind of just get to school and figure it out type thing. My Working dad's out. dad again; he's an Irish immigrant. Came out here with nothing, nothing to his name. Was a butcher by trade, become a chippy, and made a decent fortune from yep. that. Done all right. I thought it was. I was nowhere near going near that thing. I was going to the NBA. So I reckon from grade five, I found basketball. That was my love, my first love. And from that point on, I was going to the NBA. Who was your first coach? 
Uh, a bloke named Shane Osborne. Isn't uh, it funny? Everyone remembers their first guy. The guy that made the switch happen in your head. Well, this guy, I remember one, he's also, his younger brother is one of my best mates. The yeah. whole family are great family friends of ours. And I was, I was a pretty good player as a kid with a very, very bad attitude. Okay. Um, I couldn't shoot left-handed. So this one time at training, I thought, I'm the best in the team. I can do what I want. He took off his belt. thinking, what the? And again. He's going to give me a hiding. Irish parents. Yeah. So used to seeing that used belt. To the belt. So he pulled it out and he strapped my right arm to my side and made me in front of everyone shoot and shoot, airball, miss, look like an absolute <laughs> dud. And I went home, went up to my court, and I probably put in eight, nine hours of just left-handed. My next training session, I could shoot threes left-handed. Love it. So, and... At how old? I would have been 11. Okay. So at... And I thought he was trying to embarrass me in front of the team, trying to knock me down. I didn't understand what he was doing. Changing in life is what he was doing. Probably wasn't until I had kids that I realised him, my mum, my teachers. I'm like, oh, shit. All old people aren't assholes. These guys weren't trying to tear <laughs> me down. They were trying to help me out. So... So sorry, Shane, if you're listening. <laughs> oh, the good thing it's funny because you do remember that first coach, like, yeah. and the one that made like mine was a guy named Darcy Kelly, and he was a pothead from out the back of nowhere. He ended up getting barred from our association. And Neil Turner, who you met at the last event, he he we were all in that same sort of era. And these are two blokes who just taught us how to play defense. We weren't allowed to shoot. We weren't allowed to do nothing. You just had to play defense, and because defense wins games, and they just had a completely different attitude than anyone. And then when we play basketball, we play defense. We won everything. Love it. I was just, and just you just remember like, and then there was other coaches and there was other influences and all this. But that first one, yeah. And you sit there and you fucking hated them because they made you do that one thing three million times. You think, oh, what do you mean? I know how to get in a defensive stance. Hundred percent. And that was yeah. It's funny you said that defensive stance. That was Shane's thing. Get down in it and get stay down, in it. Hundred percent. And slide. Amazing. How long can you hold it Amazing. for? <laughs> Those type of coaches wouldn't get a run these days. The things oh, that were said no. to us at trainings and stuff, and, and rightfully so. We were little shits mucking around, but this, yeah, Shane could just get through. He could just get through to us. And, and uh, it's dealing with kids in the right way. And you know, as a dad, that if you speak to your kid in a certain way and they don't react, it's like, oh, actually, maybe if I try it that way, then you find out. Once you find your team's way they, they interact, yep. um, some kids you've got to yell at. Because that's the way they react, and yeah, others exactly. you just got to be really kind, put your arm around them, and, and just say, "Hey, bud, I'm here with you." Like, Definitely. how about what if we tried this? I got one kid that plays for me now, and uh, he plays so good when he's angry. Right. When he's not angry, he's just the most placid. Oh, nothing. It's like get fucking angry. So you're gonna fire him up. Hundred percent. And I sit there and go, "Do you want me to slap you?" And he's sitting there, "No." And it's like, "We'll get angry," and then he gets angry and it starts. And uh, yeah. it's just really interesting once you start picking them, and you look back to when your first coaches and all you, when you started this stuff, they're picking that in you. Yeah, they're sitting there going, "He can shoot left hand." It means he's unstoppable. Yes. Yeah, these are the sort of things I just find that so intriguing and interesting. It's it amazing. Is. It is. It is. And looking back, like you said, like looking back as a father. It's like I take some of those things yep. and I implement that with my kids. Hundred percent. It's uh, and they look at you like, how the fuck do you know that? Mm. Like, I've been through it before, mate. And you also do the opposite to what your old man did. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. And you look at that and go, well, he fucked that up. I shouldn't do that. And then you feel yourself doing that, and it's like, hey, like, yeah. no, nah, we're going to go back doing me, not them. Yeah, I know. I did. <laughs> we're at Macca's the other day, me and my son, and they might have been a bit late with a meal, and I might have dropped an f bomb. Mm. Quickly reminded me that's not how we do things. I'm oh, like, really? Great. Yeah. I like that. I like that. He's only twelve, so I well, that's all right. Dropping that in front of him, but he's heard worse. Mm. Anyway, so now we're moving into high school. Yep. <clears throat> You've obviously got some skills as a basketball player in primary. Yep. You get to high school, and now you're playing against the big boys. Yeah. You now I'm, get dropped back to a few pegs. Well, I went to Parade Co Parade College, which is an all boys private school out there in Bundura. Mm -hmm. uh, some people loved it. I absolutely hated it. I hated the all boy thing. I hated the fact that they didn't care too much about my basketball skills. Yep. But I was a decent runner and swimmer too, and they got wind of that. So, and I hated swimming. As I was a bit, of, I was a state swimmer as a kid, and I hated it. Hated every bit about it, but I, I was handy. My grade five teacher followed us to followed me to parade, and he ratted me out and told the school that I was a good swimmer, <laughs> and I had no interest. I said no. I said I don't want to do it. Yeah. And they kind of used my grades against me. He said, well, uh, you, you will do it, or you'll. <laughs> said you won't be playing basketball if you if you don't take on the swimming team and the and the track. So. Went on and did that and got a few wins for the school and I still I still feel uncomfortable talking because I hated it. I yeah. hated it to it. You know, I just didn't want to do it and if I don't want to do something, I'm not doing it. But, mate, it's a gift, right? And yeah. the thing is some people are gift of brains. 
Some people, I got the gist of hustle. That's what I do. Um, I could play all sports, and I was handy at all sports. Never a champion, but I was handy. Yeah. So they'd throw me into every team. Played state for most sports, but at the same time, never the next level. Yeah. So, like, but you get given these gifts. Where'd your gift come from, Mum, Dad? Yeah, I don't know because because uh, I could definitely not my mother and father because both of them were useless at yeah, sport. Well, I don't <laughs> my worry. grandfather was pretty handy, so maybe it's there. Yeah, well, my dad. He always said this. He said he was average at everything he did. Yeah. So soccer and that. He'd always make the first teams, but never quite. You know, wasn't uh, on the pitch or getting getting most of the game time. Mum was a netballer, I think. She'll kill me for getting that wrong, but <laughs> I think it was more my my older brother. Yep. He's what fifteen months older than me, and uh, the minute I thought I could beat him, that's when I thought I could beat anyone, mm. and that's the way. Of course, I took it's it your big brother. Court. Yeah, and that's the way I took it on the court. Um, our quick, pretty quick player, and I could shoot. I was shooting from way downtown before Steph was, and <laughs> all my mates from back home can vouch on that one. I've got one sitting next to me, <laughs> Mickey Sorrello. Um, so, yeah, I think that – and we were gym rats, mate. Once we started playing, we were at the stadium from 8 in the morning till probably 8 at night, yep. watching all our mates in that play. Then we're going home, we're playing at someone else's house. Like, it was just – Never we, ending, was well, it? Well, we didn't have the iPads and all that mm. shit to keep us busy, so we just did that. Yeah. You know, and – Again, once you beat, start beating some of the older kids, you think, "Fuck, I'm actually pretty good at this." Yeah, you know? I could, I could go all the way. Yeah, yeah. And back in our day, Luke Longley was the only one who made it to the NBA. So I'm thinking, and that's what my dad would say: being an Irish fella, he'd be like, "Mate, you're not seven foot. Yeah, you're not going to make it." And that used to really shit me. I'm like, "Well, I'm going to be the difference. I'm going to be that guy." You know, just <laughs> man, now just just because just you dad. said no, <laughs> Dad. Fuck you. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of where the. Uh, but it's funny you say that because we saw Luke in Sydney, and uh, and I remember because um, Neil Turner was with me, and uh, Neil went to the institute with Luke, and uh, I remember I went out and said, "Go, Luke, you and I are there. We're taking photos. We're fanboying with Luke and <laughs> Shane Neil." Had to do it. But the thing is, Luke's just Luke. Like he's he's such a nice. The aura, guy, the whole it. bit, like it's just everything I expected. But I actually played against him. Um, when he was 18 or whatever, just scrimmaging, when they were at the Institute. I went to see Neil at the Institute, and Luke was there. He was just swatting everything from everyone. And uh, just like meeting a bloke with hands that big. And I was, what, probably 14 or 15 at the time. And this guy's enormous. I was five foot nothing. And this massive human. And then got to see him again. I'm obviously, I'm probably 5'10 now. He's still a fucking massive human. But the thing is, like... They were the icons. They were the epitome. Like the NBL back then was pretty good too. It was a completely different world Huge. we lived in. And um, that's how, like, when, when Neil started playing in the NBL, I remember going to the Newcastle Falcons and we used to stand at the bar at the end of the court and watching our mate as a 17-year-old playing the NBL. And it was just crazy. And then the NBL died in the arse a couple of times since yeah. then. And then obviously it's starting to get better now with the jack jumpers and all that shit that's going on at the moment. But the big thing back then was the epitome for us, because we were never going to make the NBA, was the NBL. Speak for yourself, mate. I was going to. Yeah, we were going to. I'm still going to make it. I'm Me too. 38. Me too. I'm going to buy I'm a team. A <laughs> 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 I made the fucking NBA. I bought the bastards. Well, that's how I'm going to get a game then. <laughs> Fantastic. That works. So you're looking at that and you're now sort of, what, 16, 17. Did you finish high school? Yeah, I, I transferred. I went to Box Hill Senior. That's the Why did you transfer? I was asked to. Uh, yeah, got expelled from <laughs> there you go. Thanks for that. The uh, principal say it's uh, probably a good idea if you go to another school. Yeah, yeah, there was a... What'd um, you do? Do you remember? Yeah, there was an incident. There was an incident. Come on. I, I remember the kid too, Sean. Sean Staff Race. And I used to have long hair. For those of you who can't see me, I'm a bald badger these days. But back in... Uh, it was going into year 10. I had long blonde hair down to my shoulders. And we used to have the ties and the blazer. And I'm walking past this dude who... You know, there's been some back and forth over the over the term, and he decided to grab me by the hair and slam me into the lockers. Oh, nice so, one! Yeah, so I've turned around and thrown a couple, and I got wrestled from behind, and I was thinking that might have been one of his mates, and I've turned around and gone Wushka, oh, and it teacher. was our coordinator, oh, Mr. Cullinan, who'd been waiting since year seven to get me, and he got me in year <laughs> ten, the bastard. Was it a good hit though? No. Oh, bugger. It was like an open-handed... It wasn't even worth it. No, it wasn't. And the funny thing was I was going to America on a tour with Diamond Valley in about two months. What's Diamond Valley? Diamond Valley Eagles. That's who I play for. Okay. And that's who Sammy McKinnon came from, actually. Oh, there we go. Um, So I was going on a tour with them, but then I had my interview at Box Hill and they asked, have you ever got in trouble at Parade? I thought, do I lie here or do I be honest? And mum's looking at me going, you better be honest. And I'm like, <laughs> nah, nah, no, never. Never. no trouble with me. 
my mum stepped in and she no, he's actually just got himself in a little bit of trouble and we've decided to leave Parade to get. That's a joint decision between, joint decision, yeah. between us and it's the school. That's the way school. they always are. Yeah. So got out of there. Mum saved your ass. In mum did. Words. It wasn't yeah. the only time. She's done that my whole life. <laughs> That's what mums are for, she though. Certainly Shout is. out to all the mums. Thanks, mum. And happy Mother's Day for this Sunday, mum. So, but then I went off to Box Hill Senior, and that was a basketball school. So, oh, nice. Yeah, that's where Ben, ben uh, Simmons went. It wasn't the school that uh, when I got there, we were kind of one of the first school, first um, classes doing the basketball program. Mm-hmm. So we, have to, we had to walk off-site to go lift. We had to go hoop at Nutter Wadding. These days it's all there. For all on, the, on site, So yeah. we had seven coaches in two years of the, two, of the program. So it, but I loved it. Basketball was a subject. If you did well, they helped you out with all your other subjects. Oh, We'd nice. have teachers coming to our game. It was kind of like col- what I imagine America would like be the like. the US high school college US thing. US high school yeah. college thing where the teachers are all rooting for you. They want to help you get grades because it goes against their school. Yeah, of course. So um, that was great, but we shared with the footy. The foot- AFL boys, they got precedent over us because being in Melbourne and basketball just... Did t- you play AFL? Yeah, I did. Did I you did. like it? <laughs> I, I did like it. I didn't understand the game when I played. Okay. So I played for the Eltham Wildcats, who my, my, my son plays for now. Um, I remember I was telling this story the other day. I kicked five goals on the wing, and I'm thinking, coach is going to love me coming in <laughs> at halftime. And he ripped shreds off me. He's like, you're a fucking wingman. Stay on the fucking <laughs> wing. I'm, I'm looking at everyone going, I've just snagged five. And you're telling me, oh, fuck, fuck this. I'm going back to basketball. <laughs> You score points. They don't mind if I score in basketball. Exactly. So I quit that in under 14. I was actually playing ruck because I had a bit of a leap on me. So I was playing ruck up until under 14s and then gave that away. So I've got this image in my head now of you playing AFL with the long blonde locks, a bit sort of Warwick Capperish. Ponytail and all. Oh, there we go. I had the undercut right up to the top. Oh, jeez. Because the higher it was, the cooler you were. (laughs) And I reckon it's... Now it's all the way. Yeah, now now we just kept going. It's just one big undercut. It's just gone. So, and I blame that on fucking bleaching my hair when I was a kid because no one else in my family is bald. No one. They've all got beautiful heads of hair. And I'm this bald. But again, you can't Maybe you shouldn't have bleached your hair as a kid. I know. That could be a lesson for the youngsters. But you're sitting across from me. I can't have everything. So the hair, if I have, <laughs> to, if I have to let that go, wow, I'll let that go. Yeah, I'll let that go. But I'll just let that comment go. I think Keep you it. even said I look like Jason Stratham when you met me. I Someone did actually. Did, so yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I heard. That. I heard that. I'm taking just it. after the car accident. Get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> so you're at Box Hill. You graduate. Yes, first Feeney ever to graduate year twelve. You ever? Well done. So well take done, that, Dad. <laughs> and TJ. <laughs> and so you graduate and then you said, did you know what you wanted to do or be? Yeah, NBA player. Okay. Even as a 17-year-old. So I graduated, I turned 17 at the start of year 12 and I was a skinny little fella too. Like I didn't, we had gym, we had weights, I never lifted. Yeah. I thought, Didn't no. need to, I, I thought, got the skill and the well, talent. I thought, I'm, and I heard the old, it stunts your growth. So I'm thinking I'm still getting a 6'3". <laughs> so I'm about 5'10 with sneakers on and my folks are 5'5 five, five and 5'3 five, respectively. 6'3 ain't up, umbrella. I, I, thought it was, I thought it was a chance. And then when that didn't happen, I, like I went to the States. We did a two-week tour of the States and I played pretty well. And I thought, had I been good at schoolwork, I would have went back. No sweat. One of my good mates was a Chambers. He actually went back and played at Eastern Brown. High school where a couple of Diamond Valley boys went, and yeah. he said it was the greatest experience ever. He said doing year twelve in in America was just, pretty awesome. Oh, I'd love it. And because when we were over there, we went to the school. You'd, you would guard. You would hang out with the guy that you were playing on that night. Yep. So this dude, <laughs> his name's John. I still remember it because I pinched his girlfriend. Oh. On the tour. She was a churchy too. So here I am thinking 16, 17, I'm about to get me some American stuff. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was a churchy. So I got got a kiss on the cheek and uh, oh. a guy that wanted to punch the shit out of me. So, <laughs> and did he try during and the I, game that night? I tell you what, probably not the first or the last time that's no, happened. No, no. <laughs> Single ladies. <laughs> so you're in the US, you're having a good time, you come back, do you then sitting there going, okay, what am I going to do? Well, I come back and we landed. It was grand final day for my domestic team. So we come back and won that. Have to add that in. But, um, yeah, then my dad pretty much said, hey, pal, guess what? You're joining the family business, oh. which is carpentry, which I hate. Hate, hate, hate the early Did you hate mornings. it the first time? Yeah. Yeah, day one. Hated it from day dot. Um, early mornings. Yeah, fuck that. Fucking heavy timber. Oh. 
drills and noise and work. dust and fucking work. I wasn't signing up. I was going to go play pro. Blisters. Like Josh. Josh is 19, living that dream. That's 100%. what I thought I was getting. Yeah. Six, seven million. I look after the family. Easy. Yeah. Didn't happen. I ended up doing 15 years <laughs> as a carpenter. What happened to Ball though during that time? You still yeah, playing? I did. I did. I um. I I transferred over to Alton Wildcats, which the Diamond Valley guys hated because we're rivals. Uh, yeah, and they're the next town team. So, but I I actually lived in Alton but played for Diamond Valley because we did a move when I was in grade three. So, and it was kind of like that Mighty Duck Zone type shit. Yeah. You know? Like, hey, you're over there. You should be playing with us. And I played with DV, so I hated hated Alton with it. And my my kids play there today. So. I still hate walking into the joint. I coach the joint. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> All those listen to Eltham sucked in. Um, <laughs> no, I love this. Um, yeah, so I uh, continued to play. Played men's. Our under-20s team went all the way to the Nationals and lost to Ringwood in the final, which still hurts. Lost by two points or three points, I think. Um, I'd rather lose by 20. I know. I know. And those <laughs> some of the guys are still playing NBL 1 and still, really? still winning it. So... Um, I went over to Altham to join a, a good mate of mine, Luke Cooper, who's uh, who played a few years with the Sydney Kings and lives up in Sydney, and and we had so much fun. We had more fun off the court than we did on of the course, court. Of course, yeah. But uh, it was just back to enjoying basketball, and I wasn't the main man anymore. I came across, didn't make the first team originally, so I had to go play in the twos and took out the MVP and all that. And it was more just Altham going, you don't just walk in here, pal. Exactly. You don't yeah. just walk in coming from DV. Like, they'd start me on the bench and... And, um, Don't you love the politics of basketball? Mate, they're still fucking there. Mate, it's here on the Gold it's Coast. It's ridiculous. I'm going to call it out. Gold Coast basketball is a pile of shit. Is that right? And the reason it's a pile of shit is because the people that are running it are running it for themselves and not for the kids. Yep. And the biggest thing is happens on every basketball association in Australia. If you get the wrong people on the border in the wrong positions, then it's going to go to shit. Right, Especially they're all in it for themselves, not for the kids. And this whole thing should be done for the kids, for the business, for the practice. Well, they hide behind that shit, don't they? Hundred percent for the kids, for the kids every time. How come you've got no kids and you're at the club, pal? How come you haven't bought a table to the Josh Giddy event on the Gold Coast <laughs> near the Gold Coast Basketball <laughs> Association? Massive pile of shit. Yeah. Anyway, um, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! We'll Let's go. No, nah, we'll support you, mate. We'll support <laughs> you, and then it comes to sending the money, <clears> and they're like. Don't answer the call. Tell you something, Joel McInnes, absolute great human being. He's the CEO of Gold Coast Basketball. Love him. Great, great man. Love you, Joel. The board wouldn't buy him a seat at the dinner of the largest basketball event ever to happen on the Gold Coast. Wow. And it's saying I bought him one. No Jeff. problem at all. Well Thanks, done. Joel. Looking forward to seeing you, brother. But little do they know this isn't the first, this isn't the only event. Hundred percent. Like, come on, open your eyes. And I see even it. said to him, "Look, let's go." Like this is ridiculous. But anyway, some people don't. It's not that. about me. I told you that at the start. Well, and it's when I met you, mate, I thought we do think very similar. And what I've found is you can't force people to look through our eyes. Yeah, I we agree. Can see, 100%. Well, we can see. We can see these guys here. Some they just see. Dollars and cents, maybe you know, or hang on, how, I'm not getting nothing out of that. How? Why should I help? Yeah, like, no, well, I agree, agree, hundred percent. Yeah. Anyway, we're back to you. And so, what level did you get to a basketball? How high did you go? Yeah, I got just pretty much. I was in all the first teams, championship, um, close to making state one year under sixteens. Got down to the last fifteen. Hate that. Oh, Bogut got cut though. Did he? He got cut. I was still there. Um, Love but, that. But again, my... <laughs> He's I, seven foot, you're four foot. Yeah. Doesn't matter. He got cut before I did. I reckon I got kicked out of every stadium there is too. So that I was never, ever going to make it. 100%. I was too much of a trouble. Mm. And I, looking back now... It's called passion. Well, and that's what our great mate, Andrew Parkinson, he was going... Sliding doors moment. He was going to be our coach at Box Hill Senior. Didn't get the job. I said to Parky, you know, I was relaying this story and I said, mate, I, I got labelled as uncoachable. He says, that's just lazy coaches. There's no such thing as an uncoachable 100%. kid. He said, that's passion. He says, give me a passionate kid that gets texts and kicked out of stadiums any day that can hoop and I'll take him over the guy who just, you know, does what he's supposed to do. Mm -hmm. So once I heard that, I was kind of like, you know what, he's right. So I got into coaching. I started coaching my son's team and, and things like that and I love those kids. I love the most passionate, angry ones who get shitty when they, you know, because they, they, they give a shit. I can work with That's that. the biggest difference, isn't it? They actually give a shit. Yeah. Which is which is, means they're being parented well because they give a shit about what they do and how they succeed and how they move forward. 100%. I love them. They're, the, they're my favourites. Yeah, and it's kind of like do it our way and we're going to win. Yeah, we're 100%. Win because I, I know I've done the work. I've done the work. So. Agree. Agree. 
So we're 15 years in carpentry. We've got a couple of calluses on our hands. What's, what's the sort of move? How does the move happen into the music industry? Well, I'll go back a couple of years. I got off the tools. I, I started, I realised after about 10 years in that I was good of people. I could get some of the, like my dad's still got a guy working for him that worked for him, his first ever chippy 35 years ago. Love it. Billy Marnie, Irish Bill. And he was a real hothead and nutter, like me on the court. Very, mm. very similar. And I, I kind of related to him, but no one could really get through to him and I was like he always just thought oh lazy son of the boss doesn't work because I was the laziest but I was so I didn't do nothing sorry dad <laughs> nothing to Did do with you dad nothing <laughs> I promise you I promise you and then I but then I became the foreman started dealing with the the site supervisors the the owners the distributors and things like that and I realized shit I can do this mm. like this I can make and by this time I was my basketball career was over I was okay with that and I thought well this is me Earning really good money in the commercial game, you up to two, two, two a week for someone who hated what they were doing. And I thought, and I was married young, got married at twenty three, so kids at twenty five, finished kids by twenty six. So I was like, this is me. I'm earning a decent wage. Kids Love are and sorted. Life. Happy days. <laughs> so then um, coincided with a divorce. I reckon about three years later, four years later. How long were you married? Uh, Together 13 years, married for the, the seven. I bought my wife a, no joke, a bottle of calamine lotion for our seventh wedding anniversary. Calamine lotion? And she goes, what the fuck? Calamine lotion stops the itch, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but, the, but the biggest mistake I made was that's all I bought her, right? Ooh. And then it was like, oh, that's good, that's funny. It's and I've gone, oh, fuck, I forgot something. And yeah. it's in the mail, though. It hasn't arrived yet. It's like I've ordered this thing. So you got the funny <laughs> gift and you forgot to get the real gift. Yeah, yeah. yeah I hope she doesn't listen to this. I'll get in big trouble. No, she probably doesn't. But that was 30 years ago, so that's all right. <laughs> Still going strong. Yeah, mate. Still I tell her how lucky she is every day of her life and she rolls her eyes and we move on with it. <laughs> <laughs> that's beautiful. But so you're married for seven. Married for seven and then... So during pretty much your whole chippy years, were you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My dad, had, he'd been, he'd been travelling a bit, so I was left with my older brother, TJ, again, and my younger brother, James. We were left running the family business and we kept getting this phone. We got a phone call. We did a lot of day labour, so these builders would ring us up and say, we need some more of your fellas. Mm -hmm. You know, that was beautiful. Day labour was great. That's Love where it. you made your cream. Um, it was the Forum Theatre. Now, this is, for those of you that aren't from Melbourne or... Don't know the Forum Theatre. It's the most iconic venue in Australia, music venue. Okay. Capacity of 2,000. Wow. It's been around for 150 years. Yeah. Used to be a cinema back in the day. It's in the heart of the city, right next to the train station there in um, Flinders Street. Mm -hmm. And we kept getting a phone call saying, we're refurbing the Forum, refurbing the Forum. Can you send blokes? Send blokes. So we had, a, we had about 20, 25 people working for Dad at the time. And these guys took about 15 of them. And we're like, what is going on? I'm like... I'm going to go check this out. So I went with a mate of mine, Fracker. We went out to the uh, to the forum and it was just a hole in the ground. They were refurbing the whole joint, like making this thing awesome. So I was blown away. I've walked in going, fuck, I've lived here my whole life and I've never, never known about the forum. Of course, that's what I said to the owners when I met them. Yeah, of course. Whoever's doing your marketing should be shot because I didn't know about it. And I'm 35 at the time and... People my age should know about this, not just musos. Like, what the fuck? Mm. So I kind of pricked their ear that way. And then I started, uh, we stayed on. I was running all our guys. And I got to know Jason and Kaylee very well, the owners of uh, the Mariner Group. And they got to know me and they could see that I was a bit, there was a bit on edge. I was still coming to terms with the divorce. So, yeah, they, they could see something was wrong. I got to know them pretty well and... And just chatting away and they just said, you know, what do you want to do? And I said, I don't want to do carpentry. I, I could probably do this, what you guys do, that marketing thing I was just <laughs> talking about. And so they took a chance on me. They said, let's have a crack. We're actually looking for a different direction because the forum, again, being one of the oldest theatres, they just used to answer the phone and book the gig. Yeah. I, I don't think there was anyone ever calling out or trying to bring gigs in. Mm -hmm. So that became my job. And that was one of the most exciting and fun experiences I've ever had in my life where I got to meet your Michael Gadinskis and, yeah. and your Michael Chugs and tell them what I've been thinking from a chippy background, from a guy that wasn't in the industry. and or a bloke in the audience. Well, much, that's right. And everyone that was in my office, there was a, probably 35 to 40 people, they all went to uni for this. So I've come in going, why don't we try this? And I put that many noses out of joint, but it bloody worked. <laughs> 
It worked. Love it. We absolutely packed the joint out. And, I mean, there was one story there where I got praise from Michael Gadinsky, and it was it was amazing because remember the band Jet? Yep. Oh, you're going to be my girl. Love it. Shout out to Chris. He's a mad Collingwood supporter. Love you, mate. And he's living in Forgot LA. Forgot about the Collingwood thing. He's li- <laughs> We're going to have to terminate this podcast now. <laughs> he's living in LA, and um, their second show was on um, Queen's birthday weekend. Yeah. So Melbourne, Collingwood, big game there. Melbourne on a Monday always. They had booked on that show, so they'd only sold about 700 tickets out of 2,000. And bloody Richmond, they, they'd been the hottest team the last couple of years. They won it in 17. So I had this idea, why don't because a lot of the footballs would come into the venue and I'd get to know them, you know, and they'd get free tickets and stuff. And I'm like, why don't we run a competition, win a chance to sit in a booth with Alex Rance, you know, and there was these, there's these 12 booths, booths where you could get 10 people in and watch the show. So we hit Alex up, long story short, he posts about it, we sell the fucking thing out. Really? Yeah, we wow. sell like a couple hundred tickets in, oh, it would have been three hours. And then Gadinsky got wind of it, and he's like, whose fucking idea is that? <laughs> you know? And uh, we, we struck up a bit of a relationship, and then he started sending a lot of his clients through, the artists and that. And I mean, they were coming anyways, some of them, but we got to look in with all, the, with all his talent. And from that point on, I was off. You know, doing what we do now. Just, yeah, talking you know, to people, mate. Talking to people. Telling stories. One phone conversation could turn into three months' worth of work mm-hmm. or a, a, a lifelong connection. Um, that's when I realised this networking thing is like a drug. Mm-hmm. Like, fucking give me it. I love it. I love, especially industries I don't know anything about because yep. you go in there blindly and sometimes it's better. It's like someone doing a jigsaw puzzle, right? Some arsehole will come over your shoulder and go, that goes there. Mm. Fuck, I've been looking at this for five hours. <laughs> I couldn't find that piece. You've just come in and put it straight in. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And so from there, um, the forum was just absolutely buzzing. With We had gigs every single night. And my job was nine to five in the office. I wasn't supposed to be doing the gigs, but I couldn't stay away. Yeah, I was there till the start, from the start till the end. I'd made sure the cleaners all got help. We all helped each other. It was a, it was a well-oiled machine running as a team, and it was... It was great to be a part of, actually. It was really, really good. Isn't it funny when you make that difference? Yeah. And you know you make that difference. And, like, in the past, you've been building houses or whatever, and you're building these things, and, like, you're physically building. It's like, yeah, that's cool. That's done. Yeah. But here you're actually making a difference. And the thing I love about this stuff is you make an impact on someone's life. Mm. Massive difference, right? And the thing is, yeah, you can talk about it, and I know I was joking about Kobe and stuff earlier, but these people and these things we do change people's lives. Yeah. Yeah, and that's like imagine that as a kid, you're big, you're going back to the smacking the teacher, and before you get expelled, you go, actually, I'm going to change people's lives. Yeah, and how's that one work? And I, that's another thing, and you saw that the other night at the Melbourne one when we helped out little Seth in the wheelchair, hundred percent, mate. And Josh got off the stage and walked straight up to this kid, and he was the most famous kid in the room yep. for five minutes. That's all you needed. Josh sat next to him. I found with that at the forum, music has the same thing. Yep, people people that know me know that I was never, music wasn't a big part of my life. When I say that, I think everyone's got a soundtrack to their life. Mm-hmm. Mine was listening to my brother TJ's CDs. Whatever was there, <laughs> it's what I listened what you to. Got, yeah. Metallica, live. Um, but then when you go, when you're working at the forum and you see these people have paid their hard-earned and this song changes their life or it means something to them, I'm getting goosebumps talking yeah, about it Yeah, 100%. Now. But I would do things like I would go to the back of the room, someone who had the shittest seat, and bring them all the way to the front or take them back to meet the bands, you know. And I've got, I've got photos in my phone of this old lady. She would have been 80-plus, and we were at a Marlon Williams show. It was a New Zealand crooner. And she was just joking with her friends, didn't know who I was, and I happened to be the guy who walked past, and she goes, play along. I've told my friends that you work here and I can meet the band through you. <laughs> I said, is that right? I said, well, how about you play along? And we t- I took her right downstairs, went down, called Marlon out, and she met him, took photos. Oh, she fell to the that? ground crying. <laughs> she was an 85-year-old crying in my arms. And I said to her... You have that effect on all women. Though, I said, well, especially <laughs> the old ones. And I did. I said to her, what are, like, what are the chances of me being that guy that you pretended and I'm that guy that you needed to say it to? So... I would have said there's no chance, but how life's gone this last few years, fucking, it was meant to happen. And that's just how that, this that, is. That's life, though. If you let it happen, it happens. That's the key. And I think as we've been brought up under a, the iron thumb, or under the belt, all that stuff. Shoehorn right? as well. Yeah. Red, blue, Mine green. was a fly swat. Ooh. Did you ever get a fly swat? No. Once. Oh, yeah, we get it. The next time it's picked up, fuck, you do whatever you're Ooh. told. 
Because of the whack of it. Oh, remember fucking the, hurt. Remember the metal belt buckle once? I don't think you meant yeah. to get there with it. But Oops. You fucking got Don't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really interesting. You changed that old bird's life. 85 years, she's done all this stuff, and you literally did nothing from your point of view. Nothing. And you changed that life. That kid with Josh Giddy, and he walks up and says hello. Man, that's just insane, isn't yeah, it? That we can actually help these people make their stories happen. I love it. That's what I love about it, and I can't believe we didn't have it prior. Like, I can't believe it wasn't in my life. Like, now what we're doing with the athletes, like you touched on Kobe before, um, and my son, my son, <laughs> he's got to meet all these guys now. Yep. Like, he's the, one of the coolest kids in his class. because. 100%. Dad's not swinging a hammer anymore. Dad's doing all this stuff. So I walk into the stadium and they're all going, oh, did you see Giddy today? It's like, he's in fucking Melbourne, boys. But that, no, <laughs> but at the same time, we spoke to his managers. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's just all these little things. Like um, Chris uh, Bilston uh, the other day said... Shit, Chris. I went <laughs> The shit, Chris, yeah. Now he goes, I went home to mum tonight because he lives with his mum in a retirement village. Let's not go there. Wow. And um, he goes, right. you wouldn't believe the last three phone calls I've had, mum. <laughs> and he goes, Adam Hollyoke. Jared Wallace, and like um, Chris Anstey, it was, <laughs> and she's just gone. Wow, well, hasn't your life changed? Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, it just but these are just people. Yes. That's, that's the whole that's thing. That's the way we treat them, and that's As, the way they want to be treated. But that's the way. The reason we get on and do what we do is because we just ask the question, yeah. or we just shake their hand. How you doing, bud? Yeah. Want to be? And uh, mate, it's not like oh. It's, I still get uh, a little bit starstruck. I'm one of I those guys time. too, and I still get <laughs> signatures, and I still and, yep. and my business partner, our mate Chris Anstey, yeah. I still get that way when he comes to my house. Hundred percent. I can't believe that I'm mates with Anstey, Sammy Mack, Darren Lucas, <laughs> Andrew Parkinson. I fucking hated the magic. I'm a North Melbourne Giants boy, <laughs> but I got these guys coming to my joint, hanging out. We call them friends. It's but isn't it funny? Phenomenal. Like Anstey, when we're in the Melbourne gig, and someone's come up and said, "Do you mind signing my book?" And he's like, "Gone." What for? It's like it's his book that's been published, yeah. and he's sitting there going, he still doesn't get it. He doesn't realise he's this massive. Oh, he's a big boy, but yeah. but he's actually a massive fan. And all the fans come to him. There was a lineup for him to sign their books. He's like, oh, all right then. It's yeah, like, I mean, and just spending the, the small amount of time I have the last couple of years with Chris, what he doesn't like is the tall jokes or the tall. Hundred percent. Don't even mention anything about height. I said mm-hmm. it to him on the plane the other day. I said. Watch you, you know, the doors were open up the top where you put your bags and your fucking head's up there. So I said, watch that. He goes, I've got eyes in the front of my head, mate, for a reason. Oh. True. Good There's point. a nerve. Wow. Fuck, you touched it. Well, oh. I guess you just... I know leave. what I'm saying tomorrow night. Yeah, make sure. <laughs> leave, leave the tall stuff alone. But uh, now what Chris has done for for me and, and us in this sense... 100%, mate. Mate, he hasn't had to have done that. And um, no, I thank him for that. He's a super bloke. And But you're right, he... He's been an athlete where people have wanted stuff from him. Mm. So then to flip it around and do what we do, yep. that's kind of our job to do. Like on, on at our show in Melbourne, Chris couldn't network because he's too busy signing autographs and taking photos. He'd much prefer to do what we do. Oh, yeah. But he can't. So thankfully, because that means I've got a job. still got a job, exactly. <laughs> What's your greatest achievement in life? Oh, definitely the kids. How many? Two. I've got a boy, uh, Tyg. Which is a Gaelic name. There was a there was a Sydney footballer named Tyg Canelli. I think everyone thought his name was Ty. That was Ty. That's what my son gets. So Tyg and Mackenzie. Mackenzie's eleven years old, and she is me to a T. My goodness, she bald. No, <laughs> oh, that's all right. Whew. Poor kid. I was a bit concerned about that. No, no. So you to a T. Is she? She is just my karma. That's what I call her. She. Um, <laughs> She's your mum's happy. Yeah. <laughs> she's, uh, no, they're great, mate. They're definitely my biggest and best achievement. Um, step away from that. It's what I'm doing. It's the missing link. It's what I'm building and um, and the, the relationships. It's This is my dream. What I'm doing now, I had dreams of doing when I was a chippy. Yeah. Like, And they were just daydreams. They were just stupid daydreams. Like, I remember, um, yeah, being on site just thinking, why don't they interview that guy because that one suits better and... If they played that a little longer on telly, I'd come to that. Or why don't they do tours with NBA players yeah. where you don't have access to them? So it was only when I was at the forum and I had all these – I've got two idols in life, Michael Jordan and Nathan Buckley. Mm-hmm. I get to call Nathan Buckley a bit of a friend these days. We've, we've interacted several times and and that's what the forum did for me. It allowed me – to it opened that world up to me and it gave me a title and it gave me – 
so the forum never really had someone to contact. It was always the forum, but I became Chris from the forum to everyone. So when I finished up there, I'd done two years and we'd done all the shows. I didn't think it could get any bigger than what it was. So I'd met Corey McKernan, the North Melbourne superstar. Mm-hmm. And he had his own sports entertainment company, touring company. He said to me, why don't you, why don't you come over and have a crack at this? And I thought, Yes. <laughs> I didn't even ask money. I didn't ask it. I said, I'm fucking in. It's sport. It's traveling. That's what I wanted. I can't believe I was doing this shit. Ah. This is what I really want to do. So I went over there. Didn't quite work out. Corey had moved up to Maroochydore. He's still doing some amazing things, mind you. Look, check out his walk with me and, and his Instagram and that because he's doing some awesome stuff with charity. Really helped out in Melbourne through the um, COVID pandemic. He was amazing. So got to give him a shout out for that. But when I realised that uh, that his company and me weren't quite going to work, um, he helped me. He helped me build the missing link to a certain degree. Why people. the missing link? Because I found that I was that guy in the middle. You there. were the missing link. Everyone was coming to me to either get tickets yeah. or to connect them with an athlete or a superstar. And I'm thinking, you can just fucking do the same. Go and ask them. They're like, no, no, no. Even famous people. Like I had Eddie <laughs> Maguire hit up our company to get tickets for Bucks. Like, why the fuck doesn't Bucks just mess it? You know, like this before I knew him and stuff. So that's when I did meet him. I said, mate, here's my number. I'm the guy. Now I'm the missing think, link. I'm the missing link. Love that. So, so yeah, the missing link. And that's the missing link just quickly is more, that's just our basketball stuff. So Chris and I got together. We do basketball events purely through the missing link. I'm dabbling in soccer and stuff now, but I've just joined another company. I've still got the missing link. That's not going anywhere, but... Uh, Little Birdie TV. That's that's my new project, and I'm well, a special bunch of people. Those boys, they're great. I'm loving what they're doing. Yeah, MG, Scooty, Nikki, um, Nick. What a team out there, mate. When I walked in, look at the, you. Remember the office? Yeah, hundred percent. That's a man's dream. It's a man cave for those yeah. of you at home. Uh, it's on City Road in Melbourne. Great perv. Oh my goodness. Just knock on the door, they'll let you in. Jeez, Probably Louise. give you a beer too. We've got our own beer. We've got <laughs> you walk in, there's five tables, there's a bar. Well, they call it a podcast setup. It's, it's a bar. bar. It's yeah. a bar, let's be honest. But these guys are they're a, they're a, a what are they? They're like a gambling outfit. They're a pro punter in your pocket. So they have, I'm not a gambling man. Mm. But, um but they started I can hear Scooty saying not yet, but they started, um, they wanted to do events around what they're already doing. Yep. So I met Mark at one of Corey's events. Marky Mark. Marky Mark, MG, <laughs> who's not coming up now because he's just done himself a mischief at the Warnable Cup. Oops. And he's got to work. He always says he's got to work. But yeah, I reckon he just snoozes on that, ta- on that couch in the office. But when he came to me and pitched Little Birdie events, I didn't want to seem as excited as I was. But <laughs> I think I gave it away. He was on to me. But... Uh, they just pretty much want to do events around already established sporting events around the world. We're going to do the Kentucky Derby. We're doing uh, U.S. Masters, NBA trips. I mean, Anstey's got his NBA tours as well. We're going to collaborate on that. We've got yep. golf days. Everything and anything you can think of in sport and travel, we're going to do. So, awesome. And we're, this year was all about setting that up, which we're doing, which we're doing so far, and uh, next year's going to explode. Just got this feeling that uh, even better that uh, I'm going to announce it now because we haven't done the deal yet. But Meteorite Events and Little Birdie Events are going to join forces on a lot of these. Is things. that right? Yeah, Fantastic. Just throw it out there, don't you? Isn't that what you're supposed to do? Well, I'm the newest guy to the team, so uh, lock why it in, not? Ed, lock why it not? in, Eddie. <laughs> I probably might never. John might have to be working for Meteorite by the end of this. So, no, I love them what they do, mate. And, and the thing is, it's I find it really interesting when you find the bunch of guys that you want to hang with, and you actually just enjoy going to the office. You're in my office for the first time today it's not really an office there's lots of tables of people but we have fun we've got a card shop downstairs we have a studio here but the whole point of this is having a good time 100%. if you don't have a good time why fucking bother well and that's what i found we sometimes you feel guilty because you're not you're hanging out with your mate and you're chopping it up and <laughs> but then by the end of it you've created an event 100 and you're like how the fuck did we just do that we've just been talking shit for the last half hour or as mark likes to call it, me and mark like you call it in the little birdie office we get him into the hot seat yeah. So if we've got someone, I normally bring them to Mark and let him just f- finish them off. But <laughs> we get them in and we just let them see what we're about, especially when they sit in that office and go, this your office? Mm. What else do you do? And they get, they end up telling us what they want. We put it together and it's a win-win. That's awesome. They couldn't exactly tell us what they wanted to the T, but after chatting for about 20, 15, 20 minutes, we get it out of them. We're all, and then there's the whiteboard. Yeah. Just boom, 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 boom. 
And there's nothing stupid that can be said. That's what I love about this industry because, as we said before, one meeting could turn into you sitting on the Gold Coast in a fucking <laughs> in podcast, a podcast studio. studio. I've never done a podcast <laughs> before in my life. I'm well, you've done pretty well. I manage a podcast, kid. Well, there you go. And, that's, uh, and uh, that was my next question is Segway. we're getting him next week. Little Maxie. Little, Little Maxie. Max Becker from the Sporting Max podcast, sponsored by The Missing Link. And uh, it's really interesting because – uh, there's how old is he now? Fifteen, isn't he? Fifteen, yes. fifteen year old kid. He's got 90, 90 episodes under his belt. Oh, mate, it's Eddie amazing. Maguire, Mark Howard, uh, Craig Hutchinson, all the big names. Chris Anstey, love it. He hasn't interviewed me yet, though. I have. What's that about? There you go. Got one up on you, Maxie. Yeah, take that. Bring Maxie. that on, Max. Jeez. Mate, the way I love to finish these podcasts: quick fire questions. Ready? Here we go. Favorite food? Palmer. Favorite song? Favourite song? Uh, let's go with Dance Monkey Tones. Favourite place in the world? Melbourne. What's next for Chris Feeney? Um, overseas. I want. I really want to take this thing overseas. Americans love Australians and I want, I want them to come out to us. I want to go to them. Um, let's go with bringing out Michael Jordan. Oh, let's go. Let's go with that. No one's been able to do it, so fuck it, I'll do it. Let's, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing you. I'm hear, oh, fuck yeah, let's in. I'm in. 100% balls and all. What about you, mate? What's next for you? I'm going to turn around on you. Giddy this evening or Giddy. tomorrow evening. Tomorrow evening. <laughs> Josh Giddy on the Gold Coast. It's been a massive thing that we've uh, we've all worked on together. And it's really interesting. Four blokes that didn't really know each other have put together this amazing tour, an amazing thing. Um, and a big shout out to obviously Chris Anstey and Chris Bilston, the other two parties in this. I'm just a bit left out because my name's not Chris. Yeah, the three Chrises. But um, yeah, no, it's been pretty cool and all just meeting on uh, FaceTime each week and just planning shit. And the best bit about it is that we've all just jumped in and helped and no one's asked any questions, no one's asked for anything. It's just, let's just do this, let's make this happen. So I think that's pretty special and the long-term relationship out of that's the bit I'm looking forward to. Yeah, and, and the shows just keep getting better. So that's where we know that there's a, there's a future with us going forth because... Melbourne was amazing. Sydney, we flew in bloody blindly and it turned out great. <laughs> Tomorrow night's going to be the same. And uh, Gold Coast, it's all on you. We've got 450 kids at this camp and uh, it's going to be pretty special. So. I think that's what's been great about this whole experience is allowing kids the access. Remember at Melbourne, those yep. kids that didn't even come to our event, they lined up from like four in the afternoon and they got – I said to them, I don't know if you will get a photo or a signature. Mm. I just don't know because Josh is going to come straight in. He didn't do that at all. He every single he kid, every single everyone, one. even not part of the event, um, any athlete out there, if that's how they should act, Mate, especially coming a 19-year-old kid, one of the most articulate humans I've ever met in my life, and at the same time a massive heart. You can see he was brought up well. Um, yeah, shout out to Wazir and Kim. Yeah, 100%. Unbelievably. 100%. And the thing is that um, I think Luke Longley said it the best when he said all these people are turning into prima donnas and all this in the NBA – and how are you going to stop that? And he goes, something like, I'm just not going to do that. Yeah. And it was just really simple. It's like he answers questions openly, honestly, and he's just a nice human. So massive shout out to Josh Kitty. We really appreciate coming on this tour and putting us all together. That's 100%. why I look at it. 100%. 100%. So, and everything happens for a reason, mate, and we were all supposed to meet. Indeed. To, uh, to uh, take this further. So, Indeed, mate, indeed. Well, as the way I always finish this podcast, my friend, Thank you very much. As far as I'm concerned, you're an awesome human. Thank you, uh, mate. Keep on keeping up. Cheers, brother. See you, mate. Cheers.